Hello everybody and welcome back to another podcast episode of Mysterious Headlines. Now on this podcast, I cover a lot of missing person cases and specifically missing children cases. If you're not familiar, you can go back into my podcast archive. I've covered Harmony Montgomery, Cody Bigsby, Oakley Carlson, Quentin Simon, Michael Vaughn, several missing child cases and cases where the children have not been found yet and they are still actively missing. Now, I wanted to take this podcast episode to talk about what should be done in the case of a missing child and how they should be handled. Because I see a large variety of these missing children cases and different ways that they are handled by family. And I wanted to talk about how I think missing children cases should be handled. Now, when a caregiver of a child finds out that their child is missing, they realize that they're missing, that they can't find them, they shouldn't wait, they need to call police. And we learned this in the recent case of JJ out of Florida. Police said, we wish they wouldn't have waited because an hour went by before parents called. And they said, we would rather a parent that realizes their child is missing or a caregiver that realizes their child is missing says they can't find them, calls police, tells them that. They would rather get a call on their way over saying, oh, sorry, we found him. He was, you know, he was hiding in the basement. They would rather get that call on the way over than time going by and them not being able to respond and deploy their services. So we know that's first and foremost, to not wait and have any lapse of time before calling police. And, you know, I know a parent or a caregiver can say, well, I want to go search. There's places they might be. Well, you can do that still after you've called police. You can still do that. You can call police and say, they're missing. I don't know where they are. They were here playing a game in the living room and now they've just disappeared. You can call police and tell them that while also going and looking in some of those usual spots. While also going and looking in the neighborhood. And whoever was responsible for watching that child needs to share any and all information with Ellie. Because they're the ones that are going to have the most information. Whoever was responsible at the time for caring for that child. Whether it was mom, whether it was dad, whether it was grandma, grandpa, babysitter, aunt, cousin, sibling, whatever the case is. Whoever was responsible for caring for that child, they need to be the one to speak to Ellie and give them all the information. Someone that wasn't there when the child went missing, is not going to have much information to share because they simply were not there. So the person that was there can actually speak to exactly what happened, where the child was when they went missing, where the child could be, how it all happened. So they're the ones that need to be speaking to Ellie. 
Now, it's important that parents and family get the word out as much as possible about their missing child. We know in a missing child case, the first 48 hours are the most important. And if the child is not found within the first 48 hours, it becomes increasingly harder to find that child. And the odds of that child being alive decrease dramatically. And we know that from statistics. And so that is why it's so important for parents and family to get the word out as much as possible. That includes speaking with locals, speaking with neighbors, talking with them, speaking with media, speaking with local news agencies, and even potentially national news agencies if the child continues to be missing after, you know, after a couple days, if the child continues to be missing, then speaking with national agencies is important. Sharing their missing persons flyer, going throughout the neighborhood and the city and sharing their missing persons flyer. Advocating for your child online by being willing to speak about your child, who your child is, the kind of person they are, where they could have gone, how they could have reacted to a situation. And when you're advocating for your child, you know, specifically online, but also in person, you can't really care about what people think about you because it needs to be all about your child. Your child is the one that's missing. Your child is the one who is a victim and who is in danger. And so you have to be able to put your, your own things aside and say, I'm not going to worry about what other people are saying about me because you might get some nasty comments about yourself because anytime you put anything online, that's bound to happen. But you have to be willing to try and ignore that and say, I'm in it for my child and I'm going to keep the focus on my child. And you have to be open to new thoughts, new ideas, and new possibilities of ways to advocate for your child, of ways to share about your child, of things that could have happened to your child. You have to be open to those new thoughts and possibilities. Because when a child goes missing, the first thing that Ellie is trying to do is figure out what are the possibilities here and what could have happened. And I know it can be hard for a family and for parents specifically to recognize different possibilities and say, well, no, 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 no. I don't think that could have happened to my child. But the minute you say that, you close the door on a possibility. And you close the door on potentially finding your child. Now, when your child is missing, no coverage is too much. You want every possible person to see your child's face and recognize that they are missing. Because you don't know where your child could be. You truly don't. And so you want every single person possible to see their face. It doesn't matter if they live in five cities or towns over from you. If they live in eight states away. You want every possible person to see your child's face and know that they are missing. You also, as a parent of a missing child, need to coordinate with LE and teams for searches. Searches need to be happening. And you can, you can be a big part of that. Now, if you think that 
LE, law enforcement is not doing their job if they're not doing enough for your missing child. Then there are different things you can do. You can hire a PI and say, I want someone that's actually going to focus on my child and do everything they can to find my child. And every police department is different. But if you as the parent feel that they're not doing enough for your child, you can hire a PI to work to find your missing child. You can request that media, specifically investigative journalists, dig into any misconduct or work to get answers. You can specifically reach out to investigative journalists from your local news media and ask them, hey, I'm not getting an answer on X, Y, and Z. Can you please go to LE and ask? Because media and investigative journalists have a little bit of an upper hand because they typically like have some relationships with police departments. And if you're not getting the answer yourself as a parent and you're getting frustrated because you feel like they're not taking your case seriously, then sometimes... journalists can jump in and they can assist with that. You can also request an advocate. A lot of police departments and states have advocates that can work on behalf of you. And I know it can be very overwhelming when your child goes missing. And so these advocates can be there for you to help you navigate all of this. And that can be a really important job. So those are all things you can do if you feel like the police department is just not doing enough. Now, you also have to consider that you need all possible assistance in finding your child. So you need to do whatever you can to help find your child. So if you have other children, this may look like calling family members or friends or neighbors or a babysitter, someone to help watch your child so that you can go out and search, so that you can go talk to local media, so that you can do these important things to advocate for your missing child. I get that it can be hard if you have multiple children and your children are also going through a lot. It's very understandable, but there's ways that you can get assistance. And I'm I'm sure, I mean, every case is different, but I'm sure that there's somebody around you that would be willing to help so that you can go advocate, you can go talk to media, you can go search, you can go hand out flyers. Assistance with work. Again, every situation is different, but again, advocating for your missing child is the most important. Can you flex your schedule? Can you get time off? Can you work around your schedule to still advocate for your child. And again, I know that every situation is different. And I know that, you know, for a lot of people, they have to work. They have to still pay the bills because they still have to keep the lights on at their house. You know, they still have to buy food for themselves. And so I get that that can be hard when their child is still actively missing. But it's, it's figuring it out and it's doing the most that you can. Leaning on the people around you and letting them help and using that help 
to find your child. This is what needs to be done when your child goes missing. And I have to say, in a lot of the cases I've covered, this hasn't been done. These things haven't been done and followed through with when a child has gone missing. And it's really hard because it makes it harder for that child to be found. It truly does. It makes it harder for that child to be found. And it breaks my heart. And so that's why I wanted to talk about this. So that if there are any parents out there that might stumble upon this podcast episode at any point in time. And God forbid a parent has one of their children go missing. They should know how it should be handled. Now, I want to talk to you about a wonderful example of this that I have seen play out for like the last, over the last year and plus. Now, this is an adult child, so I get that it's a little bit different. Because this person was 20 years old when they went missing. So the situation is a little different, which I understand. It's different than a seven-year-old going missing. But it's a wonderful example of a parent doing everything they can. Everything they can to find their missing child. So Daniel Robinson went missing when he was 20. And I have a whole separate podcast episode on his case, if you're curious, where I dig into that. But he went missing when he was 20 out of Buckeye, Arizona, um, two years ago. And his father immediately jumped in and was like, I got to do everything I can to help find my missing son. His father ended up moving to Arizona from out of state to help find his son. He said, I need to be there, boots on the ground. I need to be speaking with Ali and I need to be advocating for him. Because he said it was too difficult to do from out of state. And so he moved to Arizona. He immediately hired a PI because he was not happy with the way that the police department was handling his son's case. And he has every right to feel that way. So he hired a PI to help search. He hired someone specifically to dig in to vehicle information because there was a recovered vehicle. And he started conducting his own searches because he felt like Ellie was negligent and not doing enough searches. And so he took it into his own hands and he said, I'm going to start conducting my own searches for my son. And he started putting together searches, sharing about them online, saying, hey, we're doing a search at this place at this time. Anybody can, if anybody can come, please. And he got people from the community and even people driving up to hours to come and help search for his son. And he did that all on his own. And 
He's got an investigative journalist to dig in in his case. He's got people to help search for those answers that he didn't feel like he was getting from Ellie. And he even started a foundation in his son's name so that he can continue to advocate for his son and help find his son. And hopefully his son can be found. And then he can use the foundation to advocate for other children and other missing people. That is how you handle your missing child case. And he is still out there every day. He is pounding on Ellie's door, demanding answers. He's still running his own searches. He's hosting his own lives online, talking with people about his child keeping his child's name and face out there, talking about what he is discovering, what his PI is finding, and what he thinks needs to be done for his son's case. That is how you do it. So if any parents out there are listening and you, God forbid, have a missing child, or in the future, one of your children goes missing, take that as an example of what to do because at the end of the day you want to ask yourself you want to ask yourself have I done all that I could to help find my missing child and if your answer is no then you have to ask yourself why why have I not done all that I could to find my missing child but you better hope that the answer is yes And that you can say, yes, I have done all that I could to help find my missing child. Take that as a lesson. And sadly, we're still going to continue to have missing children. Children go missing every day. And I say it all the time on this podcast. Kids don't just disappear. There are circumstances that happen that cause a child to to go missing. And that's different for every case, but they don't just simply disappear into thin air. And so that is why I'm focused on covering their cases here on this podcast as a way to help advocate for these children. And a lot of the cases that I've covered, the parents aren't advocating for their children at all. And so... They need people like myself advocating for them. And I'm going to continue to do that until these missing children are found and brought home. If you are unfamiliar with any of the missing child cases I covered, or I have covered, I highly recommend you go back into my podcast archive. Again, I've covered the Harmony Montgomery case. I have multiple podcast episodes on that. I have covered the... Oakley Carlson case. I've covered the Cody Bixby case. I've covered the Quentin Simon case. The biggest case that I've covered is the Michael Vaughn case, which is still active and ongoing. And so I highly recommend you check out those podcast episodes, learn about those cases so that you can know more about these kids that are missing and help advocate with me. 
You can always follow me on Twitter at MYS Headlines. That is where I discuss multiple cases that are ongoing. I also occasionally host um, Twitter spaces, which are like discussion rooms regarding cases that are currently ongoing. So if you're following me there, you can jump in on those discussions. And you can also follow me on Instagram, MYS Headlines Pod. This is where I share all the missing person posters with any case that I'm covering on my podcast episodes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for helping advocate for these missing children.